0: bell rung every single which way to say, I'm doing the wrong thing. I need to go tell stories to help people. Well, guys, obviously I have known the wonderful person sitting to my left for, I'm not going to reveal the number of years. Bless you. You're welcome. Mom taught us well, but uh, <laughs> quite some time. And now I am really fortunate to have her a part of the Littlefield Company. And she's been doing great so far. She's picking up more responsibility than I, I thought possible, or thought she could. And especially impressing my father. So that's a that's a big win.
1: I mean, truly, the biggest win is impressing the one and only Larry Littlefield.
0: I know, and so, um, Corinne, taking this away is going. Why don't you give a little introduction on um, who you are? Sure. You know where, what's been happening in the world, and uh, tell all of our incredible two followers on what you got going on.
1: <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, I am your sister. Um. So, Thanks. high level sister. Um. I come from the world of theater. Duncan finally wrote me into being part of the Littlefield Company about five, six months ago. Feels like longer, but something like that. Uh, But I worked in theater and dance for my professional career. I was an actress and a choreographer. And then finally was like, you know what, let's get into some producing. And you wrote me into this and here we are.
0: I know. And um, I'm not going to say that I'm the smartest one in the room because I've been trying to have you do this for a while, but... um,
1: (laughs) You have. You've been trying to cast the line and reel it back
0: in. And I finally set the hook and it worked out. So um, yeah. So I know... uh, So on today's pod, we have a few questions that are going to go back and forth. So I'm going to set Corinne up here, tee her up for my past world for um, the first question. Corinne, throw it out.
1: Well, we figured since you are Duncan to go facts to go. The audience should know a little bit about you. And since we're going to be trying to ask the same questions to everyone, we might as well get them to you. So let's have some fun. First and foremost, if you were a type of pizza, what kind of pizza would you be?
0: I'd be a pretty simple one to be, to be fair. I mean, obviously we'd have to go gluten-free crust, but, um, you know what? It's one of those things right now. Um, so if I was a type of pizza, you know, maybe I would go a pretty standard, like New York slice, but what would happen on that slice, I would add pepperoni. I would also add banana peppers. And Bold. that's, a, that's Bold my move. call. So yeah. uh, New York style, uh, banana peppers, pepperoni on it. And if it's really like for me, a little side of marinara for a dip, I'm all about it.
1: A marinara dip, not like a ranch dip or something?
0: No, r- no, no, no ranch, none of that.
1: But if you're dipping pizza, like go for like a garlic aioli. I'm,
0: I mean, you're not wrong. You can also go the pesto route and a few other. R- but I'm a, I'm a just a little bit New of York extra purist. marinara guy. I'm a, I'm a purist. I'm an imperfection purist because I'm adding things to the New York style cheese piece of pizza, which is already the
1: perfect piece of pizza. Which is sorry, my point. Chicago, New York beat you.
0: It's just different. It's, just, it's different. just different. They're both good. They're just different. It's like you go to Detroit. Eh, it's, it's not a hard pass for me, but I can live without it.
1: I don't. I've never been to Detroit.
0: It's good. Is it? It's thicker. Are
1: they known for pizza? I mean, we grew up in Connecticut, which is like somewhat known for pizza in a weird way.
0: New Haven. New Haven. Like arguably, I don't want to say not the capital of, but like old school traditional pizza.
1: Yeah. Like the white sauce clam pizza. There's like three spots
0: in New Haven that are well known, world famous. And if you go, you know. New Haven
1: isn't known for much besides Yale pizza and weird crime.
0: I was gonna follow up with crime and I didn't know how I was gonna say that, but you said it very well. So yes, weird yeah. crime.
1: Growing up in Connecticut was a strange experience.
0: Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. It was very different. But I'm also, I've said this to a lot of people on podcasts before where it's like, I think the best thing that our parents did was get us out of Connecticut mm-hmm. to see other things in the world. And if it was a nice vacation, awesome. If it was for something else and like, hey, a different part of the world, great. Yeah. Like we were always, you know, save but it was not a point where it was like this is the world bubble, you know, this is the path you have to follow which you and I both know that so many of other our friends Oh my gosh. F- I don't want to say had to, but it was so well laid out for them yes. that they felt like an idiot if they didn't.
1: There wasn't a, any other option.
0: No, I mean for you and I, we were the outliers.
1: Oh yeah, we still are. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's we've f- never not been the outliers.
0: Yeah, which is bizarre to me.
1: Yeah. It is bizarre. Do you think they still would have done that if we had stayed in California?
0: Yeah, I do actually. Okay. Um, I, I, I really do. I think I, I, we, we grew up in a pair of bubbles. Oh yes. Right. So, but it was, it was the fact of like, if we stayed in California, I think the, the opportunity to go see other things would have been a little different. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't been as maybe uh, European heavy. It might've been more like you know, Arizona or New Mexico or Utah, a little closer in that space. Yep. Um, but no, I, I, still think that they would have got us out of Palo Alto.
1: Yeah. Even though mom grew up there.
0: hundred yeah. percent. That would have been home, but it's just like new Canaan. It was, we didn't have a spot where it was like, Hey, we have to go here because of this reason, or we have to stay here for that reason. It was no, no, like this is cool. This is safe. This is an amazing place to grow up, but we're good. Interesting. So, so I think so.
1: Yeah. Along those lines, if like all of our family trips, cause we've taken many. Yeah. Is there like one that's your favorite?
0: Uh, not really. Or like
1: a specific,
0: like, not really. Okay. I mean, I think I'm appreciating them more as the older we get and like we get to go do it together. Yeah. And I know they're becoming far few and less between and like the space difference. Like the last one we took together was England for mom's birthday. Yeah. Like, three, four years ago. Yeah. And it was only like three days. We were both there at the same time. Right. Um, but I think I'm appreciating it more now. Um, but that being said, I mean, there's moments of all of them that I look back on very fondly and there's not one that was like, this is the, this was the ultimate Mecca trip. No, like this was the experience of all it was, you know, it was the, the farmhouse in France. It was like in the middle of literally nowhere. nowhere. It was, I still
1: don't know how mom found those houses. I, Pre-internet. I mean, we had the internet, but like... Pre-Airbnb. You weren't going online to find a house. Like, she had like a catalog of rental homes.
0: Yeah, I don't... I have no idea. No idea either. And that's where it's like, I'm, no Airbnb. I mean, across the... Like, it wasn't even on like Trip a, a TripAdvisor. No. Nope. Um, incredible moments in Scotland. Obviously, moments in England. Uh, but then it's like, there's moments in California where we like traveled back. Or it's yep. like, you know, going to Sun Valley... It's like, those are those things for me where it's like those moments stand out compared to like, this was the best frickin' trip ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that's my
0: answer. How about that? That's a good answer. Okay. I appreciate it. We'll I see think it. I agree. We'll see how Connie weighs in on that. Oh God. She'll have, she'll have words. She'll have feelings in she- a positive way, but she'll have feelings.
1: She always does. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. Um, okay. So we're going to move on from that. Let's go. What purchase of $200 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? Steam room. Oh gosh, I could have, could have guessed S- that. Steam
0: room, no question about it. Like with, without a doubt. It's it's unbelievable. It's a portable steam room that sits in my garage. I have now also one in my living room of my Las Vegas apartment. It's, uh, right now it's actually over $200. So it's right on the border. But when I first got it, it was under $200. So I classify that. But uh, portable steam room, best thing that's ever happened to me. And yeah, no question about it.
1: Okay. Along those lines, because you're an interesting type of person. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You are a very routine. Oh, just no more pillow. Okay. Go for the side. You're a very routine person. What is your steam room
0: routine? Okay. Uh, Well, when I get in it or like to lead up to it. All of the above. Okay. So, um, I would say then at that point it goes back to my morning routine. Yes. So my morning routine is that I'm up between the hours of 4 a.m. and 4:15. at that point. Uh, most people roll their eyes when I say that. And I, I am not an advocate for saying, get up, get up, get up. It's more of like, that's what's right for me and like what I need. So if it's seven o'clock, get up at seven, like whatever it is. But for me, and so I get up at 4, and my alarm is set between 3.58 and 4.01, depending. So it doesn't actually land on the five-minute mark because of the snooze aspect. So it'll never overlap. Well, the first snooze will never overlap with the second alarm, which then screws you, right? We've all been caught there. I'm sorry, but, like, I've, I've, I've beat the system there. So it's a three-minute window. And then you get – literally, if you snooze twice, it's still the five minutes, and you're up. You're good. So anyways – uh, 358, 401, all that kind of stuff. I get up, um, immediately go for the fridge for 20 ounces of water.
1: And like you immediately get out of bed.
0: Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might take like a stretch if I had like a little, but like within, I'll get out of bed within five or probably I'll get out of bed within 10 minutes without about 10 minutes. Like there might be a moment where I check an email or like somebody texts me cause I go to bed pretty early. So I might just like quickly respond to something or read it. And then at that point I'm up. <laughs>
1: This is proof that like no matter how you grow up, you're going to be different people because this sounds like absolute torture to me.
0: Why don't you try it? And I'm not saying, okay, here's the kicker. I'm not saying get up at four. I'm saying get up like an hour early, but like then get up. Like don't lay in bed and flip through Instagram. Like just get up. I love bed. I I do too, but I'm in bed at 9 p.m. every night.
1: Honestly, the more and more I'm in bed before 9 p.m. I'm not asleep. No, but see, I am I'm a, in see, bed. See, I'm
0: asleep at 9 p.m. Crazy, man. Well, I'm, I'm asleep by 9.02. Anyway, so back to my morning routine. So I'm up, 20 ounces of water, first thing. Then at that point, put the coffee on um, and have a small snack. And I do all that within the first, like, 15 minutes that I'm actually, like, my feet are on the ground. So I'll have 40 ounces of water, cup of coffee, and a snack probably before 4.30, 4.45. And then in that 4.20 to 5 a.m. spot, um, oddly enough, I actually play Call of Duty online. So um, I open it up, and I play usually two or, three game, two or three games of Warzone. And then I'm actually awake. I'm, I'm uh, energized. My, my brain has started to fire. And what I've recognized is then going into the gym at 5, I'm more prepared to walk into the gym if I just sat there and wrote emails mm-hmm. or sat there and watched TV or whatever. Like, I'm actually awake, and I'm, I'm already moving. Now, at that point, uh, 5 o'clock hits, I'm usually in the gym between 5, 5.45, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 20-minute workout, and then I'm in the steam room for 10 to 15, and then out of the steam room, cold shower, and I'm off and rocking. But the biggest thing of what I tell people and, like, what I believe in is that – so I do a daily checkout and a daily check-in for, like, um, qualitative and quantitative data. In that space, the first question I ask myself every single day is – did I make the first decision what is best for me? So if it's to get in the gym, that's the, what's best for me. I believe that. If it's to sit on my butt and watch a movie for two hours, that's great, and it's my decision. So when about 6, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning hits, people need me. Susanna needs me. I need to take Bella out. I need to work. I have emails to respond to. Whatever it is, people need me. And then I'm on until 9 p.m. when I crash and go to bed. But in that morning, between 4 and about 6.30, no one needs me. So it's to be selfless for throughout the rest of my day, I have to be selfish in the morning to prepare myself to be selfless. And that's where, like, this routine has really started. So it's the only time of the day that I can, like, be very selfish with my time of If it's, I want to play Call of Duty for two hours, I'll play Call of Duty for two hours. If I want to get in the gym or go for a 10-mile run, I'll go in the gym and get a 10-mile run in. Or if I want to go back to bed, I'll go back to bed. But it's it's all a matter of setting myself up to be the best version of myself for everyone else around me, which then at that point, um, I mean, I think it's one of the reasons that, like, we are here and we have the culture we have at the company. Mm -hmm. Because if it was all about me, then, like, we're not people-driven. We're duncan driven and we're not. I mean, I don't think we're duncan driven. Um, I have the least control of my schedule at anybody. That's true. That's very true. And I'm thrilled at that. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm proud of that. It's, it's just we built a company the right way, I think, for the right reasons, with the right people, and we're people driven. So, like, for that, I'm good not having control of my schedule. But I have control of my schedule from 4 in the morning till 6.30. And, mm. like, that's blocked. Yeah. No one can touch it and usually from like seven o'clock on at PM. So it's, I'm, I'm available 12 hours a day to anyone in my team or anyone outside too. Yep.
1: Well, I still think you're a little bit insane, but I understand it. It's fine. Totally.
0: Okay. Yeah. But if, if my routine started two hours later, no one would call me crazy. So like, that's the funny thing about this. Okay. So if I said, hey, I wake up at 7.
1: if you switched it from like you wake up at 7 and you go to bed at 11, which is like a
0: typical schedule. No one would call me crazy. What's the difference? No, not much. I just do it seven days a week. Saturday, Sunday, I sleep till like 5 a.m. But then I get up and I have my days just I get an extra hour of sleep. But then like my day starts at Mm 7.30 instead of 6.30. And I'm good with that. Because like, I mean, Susanna sleeps till eight, she'll sleep till 10 AM on a Saturday if she wants to, She but like on her, on average, she'll sleep till seven or eight and like, mm-hmm. that's fine.
1: Yep. Yeah. She still is an early enough riser.
0: Yeah. But again, yeah. I mean, if it's shift, if everything shifts back two hours, people don't call you crazy. So what's the difference? I get seven hours of sleep every single night without fail. It's pretty darn good. It's not bad. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um,
1: what is the biggest pivot of your life? I think we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast. Is there other another one other than changing from golf? Is there something else that like shifted everything?
0: Um, I mean, I would say the only other like pivot in like the world that I'm in today mm-hmm. would be the conversation I had with the, the financial team when we were raising capital at a startup. Mm. So when I really... Um, I know I've talked about this in a couple different scenarios, but I was a part of a company. I was the fourth member into a startup here in Charlotte, and um, we I'm trying to think of how long I was a part of it. I was about six, seven months in, and I came in as the CMO, and this was probably four or five years ago now, and so what happened was I was a part-time CMO, like 20 hours commitment a week, um, growing a team. It was a tech stack. It was a really great platform built in hospitality, just an, an awesome product. And so what we did was we went out for a round of capital for a pre-seed round, and we were raising uh, between we were look we were going after one point two to two million on the pre-seed, which then at that point for the series the seed or the series A, um, we would have you know, again uh, typical we would have been five to ten million. But anyways, so we had a team come in that was going to do one point five million investment, and where Pivot was was that I was the marketing guy, so. We sat down, the four co-founders, four first people in were always in rooms with like the head of the firm and the managing CFO. Nobody else apart a part of the firm we met with, We just the two people. And so right before we were raising the 1.5, we had this big long table and uh, one of the guys looks at me and calls me out and he goes, Duncan, do you know why we're investing into the company? And I looked at him and I was like, well, we have a good product. People know about us and like we're working it to be great because like we believe in where the the market's going in this world we're talking about plus like we have the vision to evolve and he's like that's not it and i was like and my ceo is like giving me a fist pump under the table he's like great answer and sure enough he was like that's not it and so i was like okay do you want to give me a little more context and he goes well it's because you have sales and my response was Yes, because it's a good product and people know about us and people are willing to invest into the product and like use it as we're solving a problem. And he goes, that's not it either. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but like, we're going to play round three on this. Like, do you mind giving me a little context? He went on for about five minutes, spun circles and never landed his plane. And we all, when he stopped, we all thought he was going to keep talking because he never landed landed his point. At that moment, I was only marketing to VCs. I was only marketing to the person who didn't understand marketing because he was not connecting marketing to sales. He was just saying that we had sales. We have dollars coming in as a startup. No one that doesn't happen. And he didn't realize my job was our, my job was important. He thought my job because, was insignificant
1: because your job was the reason you had sales.
0: No, not all of it because but, we also had a good product. Yeah, right. Like so, we had we had the full package. Mm-hmm. We had the full package. But now, if you took my arm off it. Do people, do less people know about it? Probably. But do people still invest into it because the people then? yeah, probably. But it all is interconnected. Correct. So at that moment, Bell rung every single which way to say, I'm doing the wrong thing. I need to go tell stories to help people. And again, to everybody, mom and pop cookie company that wants to go from one location to two, I'm in. Fortune 100 company tell the story about how to make their employees more safe. I'm in doesn't matter. I was so tired of just talking VC to VC to VC to CEO to CEO, just to raise a little more money. I wanted to make an impact. Mm -hmm. And yes, did I believe that product could make an impact? Sure. But it's like, could it really? Maybe not. And I believe the Littlefield Company is on that trajectory to make the impact. And that was was a big pivot for me because I left a CMO, $1.5 million company behind me. Or raised one point five million. And now they've raised a ton more, which is great. They're doing phenomenal. But yeah, that's how I started the Louisville Company. That was I think like October of tw- no. That was October ish of twenty seventeen.
1: When we all thought you were so crazy.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think you still think I'm crazy. Well, I still think you're crazy. There you go. So like I mean, yeah But
1: for a very long time I was like, I don't really know what Duncan does.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes
1: uh, I still don't.
0: I was gonna. I was gonna ask. Uh, what <laughs> is the conversation we had yesterday?
1: <laughs> you know, I think I have a better understanding of what you do on a day to day. But half the time, I'm like, I don't know. He's in a meeting somewhere. It's fine.
0: It's true. I just talk.
1: You t- you do talk. Mm-hmm. talk. Hey, what's your favorite movie?
0: Great question. Thank you. Um, um, I'm going to have the the perfectly politically correct answer here. Is oh, I'm excited. The next one that we make. Ugh. Ooh, I know. That's a good one. Um, so gross. <laughs> but but pulling it back, I would say uh, Ben Stiller's Walter Mitty is uh, my is like is the top. I mean Really? Yeah, it's it's an exceptional story. I, I'm a big Ben Stiller fan. Always uh, have it's been. It's shot well. It it's it brings you out. It's like it it pulls you along. It's still a love story, but it's like it's multiple different love stories attached to it with mm-hmm. adventure and then you know I don't know. It's 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 my movie. I really like it.
1: That like, is. I don't know what I was expecting you to say. It wasn't that.
0: Like the puzzle pieces in it, with like the like the photos going along the way, and like you know. Then at that point, it's the uh, the cake. I don't know. It's just like the warlords are in there. They play soccer on the end. I don't know. I don't know. It's phenomenal. It's great.
1: Is there a movie from like our childhood that like impacted
0: you? Uh, yeah, all of them. Well,
1: yeah. Our our. Parents did a very good job of educating us in film. We didn't
0: watch the bad movies. No. We watched the good movies a lot. Yeah. You know, like a lot. I mean, it was it was Hook. It was the Goonies. <sighs> like the absolute classics of what we're all like. I mean, again, right now we have somebody sitting in this room who's never seen old school, which kills me.
1: Like fire him. <laughs> no, I'm Immediately. Not, no,
0: he's a, he's a, he's a beautiful. I'm assuming human being. it's the young one. Oh, it's definitely not Tim. Yeah, Tim's <laughs> Tim definitely <laughs> seen it, but like we, Alan and I had this like very deep conversation where it was like, "Have you seen this?" And he was like, "Nope." And I was like, "Have you seen this?" And he was like, "Nope." And I was like, "Have you seen this?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I did see that one. That was good." But it's like, I mean,
1: okay. So is there a movie that that's not like Citizen Kane that you think every single person should have
0: seen? Oh, now that's a good one.
1: Yeah, like not like the.
0: I, I mean lawrence
1: like, of arabia
0: yeah Norm. i'm even not even gonna like pull like shawshank redemption to that no. right like
1: um like flintstones go to vegas i don't know
0: i don't know there's so many there's so b- many like i think we like the one we talked about two days ago like forgetting sarah marshall is just an under <sighs> like um classic i mean i'm a oh, man like there's so like even i love you man There's so many great Mm -hmm. quotes out of I love you, man, that just get overlooked or like couples retreat.
1: See, I don't love couples retreat.
0: I know my truth. (laughs) See, it's a great line. It's a great line. But, um, I don't know. I think one of the ones that I would like probably call out is like, I know it's going to sound like very strange, but like, like a coach Carter is a great movie with a great message shot. Well, um, Mm. It's like, it, it brings everything into it. Like, it's a, its at times aggressive. It's its really emotional. It's um, its persevering. It's, I don't know. I, I think Coach Carter is like one of those ones where like, I would sit back and, and have everyone watch.
1: Is there a movie that like, you're excited to show your kids one day?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, talk about like Mighty Ducks number one. I knew it was going to be Mighty Ducks. Right? Like, talk about just... Ninja Turtles. And like the like the, the original live action from Absolute, the '90s, no they question. look terrifying. No question, it's like, the best. Um, but I mean, you even talk about like you know Goodwill Hunting, right? Like mm. Mrs. Doubtfire, and like I know we're going Robin Williams into this like Hook, like Mrs. Doubtfire, but like Indiana Jones, yeah, or like old school James Bond movies. Yeah, like there's like my kids are gonna have a very serious list to go through. And like like we did as kids.
1: Of course. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had the Hitchcock year.
0: Oh, we did. That's right. It was a good
1: year. It was a good year. Once a month, we had, we watched a new Hitchcock. I mean, the
0: real big question is- I was is
1: probably like nine and you were 11 or something.
0: Yeah. The real big question is how we're going to watch Star Wars. In what order? I know it's a big debate <laughs> in this world, but I think I have to go with the chronological route of how they were released.
1: Oh, like originals. Yep. Four, five, 70s six. Seventies
0: first. Four, five, six, one, two, three, eight, nine. Or seventy nine.
1: Last year, I did all of Mar- Marvel chronologically, mm. not as they were released, but like in time order.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Which
1: was fascinating. I haven't rewatched you that.
0: You went that route.
1: Oh yeah, I started with Captain America, and then kept going.
0: When did you get to Iron Man, the first one? How many in is it?
1: Iron Man's probably like ten. No, earlier than
0: that. I mean, that's that's a shock because I remember being blown away. Because Iron Man came out, original Iron Man came out in like, oh, six. Something like that. And like, I was jawed, like jaw hit the floor in the movie theater for the first time in a long time watching that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, I remember you coming back and being like, you have to go see this. And I was like, no, thank you.
0: Yeah. No, no, Like that one. I like I'm walked go out. to see another like, rom Holy crap. That was unbelievable. Yep. Mm. Yeah. That was a good one for movie theaters. That's a good one. I mean, but even like you look at Avatar. Oh it's like, gosh. Remember that. Right, like that was, a, I mean, that was massive.
1: Mm-hmm. And a good storyline. The new Spider Man just outranked it.
0: Still haven't seen it. Sorry. You still haven't
1: seen any of the Tom Hollands.
0: Nope. Devastating. I, I mean, think about Spider Man when I grew up. I know, Toby we were Toby Kids. I was Toby Kid. Oh, so good. No, but Tom Holland, you should. I think Spider Man, I think Toby.
1: Always then I will not spoil what happens in the most recent don't Spider-Man.
0: You, don't you dare. It's, but don't. Here, but
1: ah, ah. No, no, no. I'll just say this. For a Toby kid,
0: watch all of the Tom Holland ones. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard that. All right. That doesn't spoil anything. Yeah. Don't worry about it, guys. No spoilers.
1: What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: And the worst. Um, I've said this before. One of my favorite quotes is, "Just because you carry, just because you can carry the weight doesn't mean it's fucking heavy. excuse my French for all listeners out there, but it just doesn't mean it's not heavy. Mm -hmm. Like it's still heavy. Um, And some of the best advice I got uh, was that like, yeah, the crazy ones are the crazy ones until they figure it out. And then they're geniuses.
1: I like that one. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Look at all the geniuses in the world. And for a long time, they were crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They were, they were, uh, they were, they were isolated. They were in their own space. They told it was never going to happen. No, no, no. Like, I mean, again, you look at startups and it's saying how many people have said no to pitches for so long. Mm -hmm. And then Airbnb went through how many misses? Yeah. How many people passed an Airbnb? How many people passed an Uber? Right. Oh, it's not going to be like cabs are always going to be there or whatever. So it's like, they're crazy until it lands. And then they're geniuses. And then they're the next thing. So, like, you're crazy until you pull it off. Do you consider
1: yourself an artist?
0: <sighs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Okay. Um, I, I would say that my business is creativity. Okay. Because it's funny because um, the game of golf is a very creative game okay. that no one gives it credit for being creative because you have to shape shots. You have to see things differently. Right. So it's like, all right, you hit a flop shot over a tree or do you bump it under it? And you you, like so it's it's creative. You're shaping shots. You're shaping this. You're seeing this shot around a tree. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, how high do I want to hit it? Like you see this before it happens. So it's arguably like a painter walking up to a canvas and being blank. But they know they have a brush and four colors or they know they have a can of spray paint and a brush and 74 colors. It's just like the game of golf. It's the blank canvas in front of you, but you know what you have to try to achieve. But then it's also a business where you're risking or you're weighing pro and con risk versus reward. Do I hit it over this? I pull it off one to 10 times. If I pull it off, I make birdie. If I miss it, I'm looking at double. I got to, I got to look at that. So for me now, you know, when I go, went into being a photographer, like I captured moments. I didn't create it. Like I'm not, I was never the photographer who went in and said like, put this thing here and put that thing there and then put like, I'm like, all right, this is the vision in my head and I'm pulling it off. I was the guy sitting on the walls and just capturing moments. So I don't think I'm an artist. Um, I just think my business is creativity and my business is storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm an artist.
1: If say like our family weren't golfers. Okay. If a club was not put in your hand when you were less than yeah. two years old. Yeah. Where, how do you think your life would have gone if like those outside influences hadn't been part of it?
0: I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, it wasn't really golf until I was eighth grade high school. Yeah. So it was all sports. Like it was running around in the yard, like making up games. Like it was always a creative space for us to live in. Mm-hmm. And so I. I don't know where my life would have gone. Um, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, it's it's just not me. So I don't know where it would have gone. And I don't know what I would have done. I don't know how it would have turned out. Um, but I'm pretty happy that where I am. So I don't know, and I don't really care.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had that conversation recently. You don't think about, like, if I had done this, No. how would my life be?
0: Absolutely not. Like somebody, people ask me all the time as the business owner. It's like, what would you have changed if COVID came around now? Like, or if like you knew the information about COVID, and I would have said I would have done nothing different. Yep. Because that's the information I had at the time. Now, if COVID hit like now and we went lockdown now, I would make different decisions because we've now gone through it. But COVID was a something that no one in the world's ever gone through. So I made the best decision for what I had the information on, and I'm very happy with it. You know, would I have done things different? No, I don't think I could have, because, mm-hmm. like, I made the best decisions for the, for the company, for the people in it, and the culture we had. And, yeah, were, like, some of them wrong? Probably. I mean, probably, but that's okay. Like, I'm I'm not kicking myself over it. I can't, because it's I made the best decision with the information I had, mm-hmm. and I can sleep very well at night knowing I did that, where it's, like, I wouldn't have changed anything. Now, if it hit again, I would do a different. I would have a different scenario. Yeah. But we have information. If around. tomorrow yeah. we went back into lockdown, we have we have way more information about it, way more information about it. So yeah, I wouldn't change the thing. So yeah, nothing in the past. It's future. It's now. I don't care what happened yesterday. Hmm. I don't. I mean, doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't shake me.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite thing about working with your sister?
0: Great question. <laughs> I've been I've been literally waiting for this to get teed up. Um, What's your favorite thing about me? You know, Corinne, it's it's <laughs> funny because, um, well, okay, hold on. You just asked another. question. I asked two different questions. What's, you asked okay. two. You asked two questions in that space.
1: Respond how you wish. <laughs> oh,
0: per- thank you. You're welcome. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's well that's well done. Um, you know, Corinne, I've been trying to have you, and again, this is not going to be like me like preaching or like saying that like no 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 we're not going there because like nope. But I think. Um For how many times you and I talked about my golf career versus your theater career? Mm-hmm. And how many times you said, I'm, I'm almost ready to throw the towel in. I don't know, yada, yada, yada. And I also like I don't want to say I supported you ke- to keep going, but I think I showed you that it's a it was an option mm-hmm. that like I don't want to say you would like regret would have crept in, but I just want to make sure you saw that. And there's so many people that have seen the talent, and the ability, and the human being that you are for so long, waiting for that moment to find that sweet spot, who knew, who knew what it was going to be? If it was going to be theater, if it was going to be a choreographer, if it was going to be an, a professor, if it was going to be a producer, if it was going to be like whatever, we're, we're all like waiting for that like sweet spot for you to like kind of find your pocket, and I think... I, the only thing I would say, the best thing about it is that I think you're getting closer to your pocket. Even if like producer or business manager or whatever you do on a daily basis isn't it, I think you're getting closer to finding the pocket and I that is my favorite thing about working with you because like watching how you work and the investment you're putting into it, not just because like, oh, it's your big brother's company, but it's like <laughs> actually that you care about what we're doing and care about how you do it. That's why like care how about you do it? not how like what my expectation is for you, like care about how you do it is really amazing and rewarding because that means like you're evolving and you're finding the next step to find your pocket, even if it's not at the Littlefield Company, even if it's not at Littlefield Films or Studios or whatever else we spin up and like whatever else we create in the future, right? But I think like the best and the coolest and the most rewarding thing I've seen is that you're finding, you're getting closer to that pocket or that aisle that will hopefully make you happy for the rest of your life i like, hey, thanks.
1: That was nice. So it's what's true. your least favorite thing about working with me?
0: Um, least favorite thing is... Uh... Oh, I know what my least favorite thing is. Oh, Not, My least favorite thing is that you have blackmail that no one else <laughs> in this company has. That's my least favorite thing because...
1: Oh, I got some aces up my sleeve.
0: I know. And it's <laughs> but terrifying. But
1: so do you on me. I'm, you think I'm going to use them? You think I'm going to use them? You have...
0: Yep. Your education. Uh, See, there we go. So they weren't bad great though. No, no, no. They were, it was perfect. And I, and I loved every second of it. I laughed my ass off the whole time, but thank you. what I'm saying is that you think I'm going to use it against you? No chance. No chance. There's some great ones that potentially Connie and Larry will bring up one day, but it's not going to be me. But that's, but that is like yeah, the it's least true. thing. If like,
1: anyone's going to come like rat me out, yeah. it's going to be our parents walking into this office and being like, oh, this reminds me of when Corinne did this thing. I'm just like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. That's it. We don't need to talk about. That's exactly what it is. That thing. It's not going to be me. No.
0: So yeah, that's the least thing. Cause knowing that you have that over me is, uh, it's eggshells. <laughs> Cause like at any point you can just turn the switch and have everybody look at me a different way because of like how mom dressed me when I was six.
1: Oh God. No. I mean,
0: I don't know. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. But yeah, I was a cute kid. I I know it. Oh, I don't I, know what happened I of, after that. I but often I was a cute say kid.
1: we both peaked in 1997. That was, I was six. You were eight. We were cute. We were precocious. Yeah, we like, we both on paths. We were fun, but we could yeah. talk to adults. That was our best year.
0: Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Yep. We I don't were, know what happened after. We me, were but.
1: crushing it in 97. It was a good year. Yeah. It was a good year. It was a great year. I guess we should have talked before I started working for you. Hey, what are the things I am not allowed to say?
0: (laughs) Nothing. You got, I mean, again, full, whatever you want. I mean, I'm an open book, especially with, I mean, again, you've seen it. It's like, there's no question that's off limits here. Yeah. And there shouldn't be. Like, we're a people driven first business. There shouldn't be a question off limits. Just because someone's got a title. It's like, no, you're still a human being. Mm -hmm. I still have insecurities and problems like everybody else.
1: You're not a robot.
0: <laughs> well, you did call me crazy a couple times during this podcast. But, but you crazy are... now, genius maybe later? I don't know. We'll see. <gasps> we'll see. We will see. Mm. We'll, have a great, we'll have a great time figuring it out.
1: What else do I want to ask you from this long list? I
0: don't know.
1: What legacy do you want to leave? Hmm. And maybe not professionally, but like as a human, as a person,
0: you know, um, I, I, I don't know, like being very, very real about it. It's, um, I got goals and I got aspirations of like what I want to be able to achieve and what, um, what I want to leave behind. I mean, it's, but I don't, I don't know. I mean,
1: is it important to you to leave something behind?
0: Yeah, it is. But I don't know what it is yet. Like, I, I actually don't know what it is yet. And I'm not trying to figure it out. I think it's gonna to come to me. Um, and I think there's gonna be like this, like all of a sudden, like, you know, the skies this open up and it's like, dunk, go that way. Um, and I hope I'm smart enough to listen to that. But I don't really have something that I'm like, I want to be known for this. Like, yeah, professionally, like cool. Like, I, is my goal pretty audacious? Yeah. Um, and I believe we're laying the foundation for me to be able to achieve that. But it's, I want to be, I guess, known for someone who gave a shit about like whatever they did. You know, if it's, it was all in or nothing. It was people first, cared about what we're doing as a business, cared about what we're doing, what they do as a human being. Um, and I know it's kind of on the professional side, but then on the personal side, like I think I think the one thing that I want my future kids to like have, and if I don't do this, I think I've missed the mark for me personally, mm-hmm. is that I want my kids to be obsessed with something. I want my kids to feel obsession. And like whatever they do, if they are obsessed about wh- whatever job or the person that they're dating or who they are as people, if they're obsessed with that, they have the world at their fingertips. And I think that's what I really want to pass on is like being obsessed with something is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's waking up every waking up at four in the morning and being able to pop out of bed. Yeah, Because I have purpose. I got a goal.
1: And I do think that's something our parents did a pretty good job at.
0: Yeah. I mean, mom and dad always, always valued effort over the victory. Mm -hmm. Like effort. If, if all in effort was given, that was the victory. Yeah. And for that, like I am so thankful and it's like, because yeah, like it was celebrated on a victory. It was not celebrated on a victory when you half-assed it Mm -hmm. and it was all effort in and finishing eighth. It was a victory, not a participation ribbon, but it was an, it was a victory in our household. Yes. Yes. And it was celebrated yeah. and it was talked about. And it was, it was, um, not like picked apart, but it was, it was communicated around that. That was the right way to go about anything. It doesn't matter where you finish. You gave it it all. Like you put everything on the table and you, you did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I want to pass to my kids or anybody else. Like you find what you're obsessed with that like live, breathe, eat, sleep it, and like love it mm-hmm. and want to get better at it and want to commit to it and want to push forward the boundaries of like, what's possible. Like even in like as business, right? Like it's the old expression of like, that's the way it is, doesn't work here. You know, I mean, you've seen it now, like it just doesn't work here. It's why, challenge it. But if you're obsessed with it, you're gonna challenge it. It's a video becoming 10% better because you're gonna challenge the why. You're gonna challenge it. And that's obsession, making it better. And like, for me, I want, I want people to be obsessed with something, you know, like I want you to be obsessed with something mm-hmm. I want in this room. I want Alan to be obsessed with something. I want Tim to be obsessed with something. Right. I'm obsessed with something and I'm pretty darn happy that I am. Yeah. It causes a lot of unique feelings and like, d- like variations of feelings, but like at the end of the day, like I'm pretty pumped and like, I'm good with it. So like, I know where it's coming from and if people don't like it then like okay so sorry like i'm but i'm good
1: well we're almost 40 minutes in so before we wrap up is yeah. there anything you want to ask me um since
0: i am also in the hot seat right
1: now in a in
0: a way it's a great you question you have me trapped uh well technically we are trapped because our garage door has broken yeah uh, since uh, we this started is also those.
1: the first podcast in our new studio oh, that's right
0: not that the first is. shoot in the studio, but the first, pod first in the podcast. First podcast in the studio. What what a day! Wow, look, look at that. us. Look Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? thought? Um, question for you. Um, I, I it's it's so easy of like, what's your favorite thing to work with me, Ron? Right, like, but I would ask the question of what surprised you when coming to work at the Littlefoot Company. Oh gosh. Not Did like I- what's your favorite thing, but like what surprised you? Of like, hey, I didn't expect it to be this way. In like, you could talk about like the company as a whole, or you could talk about me. As whatever, I the I dumb think, dumb at the top or whatever. You like, are the dumb
1: dumb at the top. I think the <laughs> one of the biggest things that not surprised me because it didn't surprise me, or this has been like a for the past couple of years. I'm like, oh, people want to work for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Same. I mean, now I'm one of them. But hearing other people talk about you it has been very interesting. And not even just like our coworkers, but like, we. I just got off a call with a potential partnership, and he. Uh, most people don't know I'm your sister until we get to the point where it's like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm Duncan's sister. Mm. So like, I have a little more insight, unless they like see like, oh, Littlefield at the end of the name. That's a little weird.
0: I know everybody asks me if if you're uh, related wife. or wife. Yeah, but I get that question a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's always one of the things where I'm like, oh. Hmm. Not that I'm surprised that people like want to work with you, or, but it is just like a, huh, moment. That has been fun. Huh. Huh. <laughs> There's I, the moment. I do think we officially have to change my name in your phone, though.
0: See, oh, see, we talked about this when we first started. I know. It's very, I know.
1: So my childhood nickname was Rinny.
0: R-I-N-N-E.
1: I always put up with an IE at the end. Literally always I E at the end. No. You are the only one who puts an E at the end. And
0: I am correct. And I am right.
1: Mom puts it with an I E at the end. I am right. But so (laughs) when you write an email from your phone, particularly, it'll pop up in the subject line or like contact line as Rennie.
0: Oh, it still does that?
1: It still does that. And the other day, a Mm. client responded and said, hi, Chelsea, Mike, and (laughs) Rennie. Get out of here. But it was someone that was like, it was fine. Okay. So I do, okay. sadly.
0: Uh, it is officially changed. Yeah. Consider that officially changed. That is going to be devastating. Or we just get you a company phone, and then that's... <laughs> 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 and then we I don't can, I about can about keep it. the two we contacts get Rene, separate. We got I mean, yeah. You're
1: still dunking my phone. Yeah, whatever. Always.
0: Okay. Um, changed. Mm-hmm. Consider it changed. Um, any other questions for you? Great question. Um, um, currently... In the life that you're living, do you um? I don't want to ask that. That's oh that's gosh. like well, well I, like I was have to. no, no, I was gonna ask like, are you happy? Oh yeah. And 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 like, and I know that's like so many different variations and variables are attached to that. So like, I, I almost want to like like pull that back a little bit. And it's like, you know, so from that, I'm gonna give context of like where i come coming from. It's like. Okay. I have seen you, like I have, we've moved around a lot, you know, like in our professional careers of like, we've chased a lot of things, like we've moved around, but like we've settled in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I've seen you go from like (laughs) a dance kid to like actress to like now like a mountain girl, like, and 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 again, it's like across the board, but it's like for like where you are right now, like, are you good?
1: I think I'm as good as I can be. Great. Yeah, I think I'm as good as I can be. I th- Going back to like what you were talking about earlier, which is something we've talked about, I don't know what like my next goal is. And it's been a very strange transition. Not being like, I'm done with theater. But since I was two, I was a ballet dancer. And all I ever knew was that path. And it's a very weird, it's the first time in my life I haven't had a path. And it's very strange. And I don't love it. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out what the new path is. Because until COVID, I was theater, singer, dancer, choreographer. That's the only world I've ever known. And it's very weird not having like a, hey, that's, at some point, I'm going to be back on stage. I, at some point, I will be back on stage. You can't leave this talent behind, but (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm with you. Yeah. So it's, I think for the fact that I don't know, and also I will not reveal my age, but by this point, I thought like I would be at like five different trajectories of what I thought I'd be by the time I turned this Mm -hmm. age, none of which are true.
0: Hmm.
1: And that's okay but it's making me in the last couple of months really rethink where I think like the next 10 years will be. Cool. Terrifying.
0: Absolutely. 100% terrifying. Yeah. Without a doubt, but cool.
1: Yeah. So I think I'm as good as I can be for that. Great. Yeah. And I'm, you know, not a bad place to come to work every day until I figure it out.
0: (laughs) No. And I mean, you're at a place where people adore you.
1: Thanks guys.
0: I mean it's true. I mean like again like I mean it's uh it's it's nice that I also adore you so that's good.
1: Yeah. I mean if you didn't like me I wouldn't be here.
0: Uh true. Yeah.
1: I mean that was one of the big things when I first talked to the team after we were like okay maybe this is the time Corinne actually will start working. Yep. The biggest question was like are you going to be okay working with your brother every day? And I was like yeah I already know he's a shithead so like I'm good. <laughs>
0: captain shithead to you
1: (laughs) (laughs) like all the i was like honestly you have now a lifeline into like no he's just having a day
0: i don't i don't i don't have many of days but when i have a day
1: no you don't have many
0: but i'm human i have like one a month
1: yeah probably. uh
0: no five six weeks maybe two weeks i don't know you tell me
1: Uh, unlike me where it's like (laughs) every thursday at noon when the crow flies over corinne turns into a witch
0: Is that what happens? That's what you're blocking the (laughs) calendar for? (laughs) Yeah, that transition. Got it. All right. Well, now we know. Now we know. We just won't put you on set during that time. And yeah.
1: Oh, no. She's a professional throw and throw
0: incredible. All right, All right. Well then I know we have, uh, we have meetings to tend to. I'm also 15 minutes late to a meeting. So like, that's cool. But, um, Corinne, thanks for being here today. Thank you for being the first, uh, official podcast in the new studio.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: And, um, well guys on that note, this was Duncan to go with Corinne Littlefield, um, age left out. So guys have a great day and we'll see you on the next pod.